You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Que Golasso continues with Super League coverage as now we begin the proverbial post-mortem. We discuss with James Bench what happens next, and we focus specifically on the Premier League clubs. What is of them? What will happen as the weeks and the months continue after the crumbling of the Super League? Que Golasso begins right now. Hey, Kegolazo listeners, I wanted to let you know about what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is your home to start your sports news day and live updates kicking off each morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. And HQ is always your home ahead of the evening's action with live picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world each day at 6 p.m. Eastern. But as we get closer to the NFL draft, leave HQ on all day for the latest NFL news, rumors, and mock drafts ahead of round one on April 29. I wonder who my New York Giants are going to get. Think of HQ as your ultimate NFL draft war room. So check out HQ on your computer or on CBS Sports app. But make sure that you also check out cbsports.com. So make sure that you stay tuned to CBS Sports HQ. It's always free. And it's always on. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo on this Wednesday. I feel like this is the longest week in the history of mankind. James Bench will agree with me. James Bench, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Yeah, I'm tired, drained. Um, What a strange week this has been. Uh, It does feel like the week should be over, even though it's only just begun. Isn't it funny that VAR was the biggest issue we all had, and now it's like, <laughs> I'm sure I'll come back to it, but that was the oh, big yeah. topic. I can't wait for Saturday and people complaining about debatable refereeing decisions. Bring that back. Love yeah, it. seriously, I miss that. <laughs> anyway, welcome everybody to Kego Lasso. Uh, we continue with uh, the Super League chatter because this is really now essentially the post-mortem um, as you are listening to this. Uh, Atletico Madrid officially made the statement, uh, Inter Milan as well, AC Milan. So really it just leaves Real Madrid and Barcelona, but we're sure that that uh, essentially will fall down because obviously from what you heard last night from Fabrizio and obviously the official statement that the Super League has been taking its halt, suspending itself. And uh, we bring in James Bench today because we want to really, I kind of want to focus on the Premier League here for a second. Uh, James Bench, uh, the, the, the big six uh, John W. Henry made a public statement on Twitter on Liverpool, Cronkies uh, Arsenal as well. Um, so I'm wondering, where are we right now with the Premier League teams? And then I, I want to get into a conversation about if, if there's anything that happens next after that. So I think at the moment that's sort of people are catching their breath. I think it's fair to say, you know, talking to people around the league, they're they're trying to process what they've really been through. I mean, they're all in the same boat that we are. And it's worth remembering that barring the half a dozen owners and a few other senior people at clubs, this really blindsided a lot of people that you'll speak to at a senior level um, at these clubs, you know, they didn't know about this. Um, And obviously that the other 14 clubs didn't know about this either. And, I think for the 14, there's a sort of 
and the Premier League as a whole is trying to understand what is the right way to deal with uh, what's just happened. Uh, you know, they're all smart enough to know that the league doesn't really hold the same appeal without the big six. Uh, I mean, we can debate some of those teams, but obviously, you know, a big part of the Premier League is having six, seven, eight now, you could argue, nine, Everton, Leicester, West Ham, great teams that play really good football and compete week in, week out. So I think they're trying to work out what the right way to move forward is because no one really wants to to burn these bridges. I mean, speaking to one or two people, I think that there was a real consciousness that, look, you know, sporting sanctions, points deductions, fines, are they really affecting the people who are responsible for this? Because, you know, the players didn't. The players didn't decide to do, have a Super League. Some of them, you know, never had those conversations. Um, even the managers, you know, it's... But of course, there are, you know, there are real big conversations to be had and they're going to be had not just at Premier League level, at government level. Um, the big thing on the horizon right now in English football is this fan-led review by the UK government. We can have our doubts as to how effective this is. But look, you know, that the UK government has just seen the real value that can be had in inserting yourself in the football dialogue in such a way as to say, we are backing fans here. And I know that Boris Johnson effectively gave the Premier League clubs carte blanche and said, whatever you want to do, we will back it. We will find ways, legal uh, legal recourses to stop the break, the six breaking away. And that was a key thing in killing it from what I'm told. So at the moment is deep breath. We're all waiting. We're waiting to see, but you know, the owners of the six teams as well will be terrified of what's to come over the coming days. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the major points here is that at least from a, um, I guess, reputation perspective, the big six really, uh, I wouldn't say no more, but, you know, in terms of what's going to happen and their voices, at the very least, it's going to look different in the Premier League. It's going to be uh, a little bit more cautious into what happens next. I, I agree with you. I, I I think that things like deduction and stuff is really punishing the people that didn't even know anything in the first place. I mean, players were messaging Fabrizio Roman on Sunday night, asking themselves what was going on. And, you know, we're all in the same boat in one way or another. So it, I think it's it's punishing the, the wrongful cause. But to your point about, you know, the government stepping in and everything, I'm wondering, you know, I mean, not so much what you can do directly, but essentially like, the significance of what it means to be a big six team and how much uh, vocal uh, power they'll have in the future. I mean, they're still the big revenue drivers of the league. There is a huge, huge gap between Arsenal, the sixth biggest, and West Ham, the seventh, in terms of revenue, in terms yeah. of brand. You know, that that doesn't get bridged overnight. Of course, the sporting gap we're seeing, you know, there are badly run big six teams like Arsenal, like Tottenham, like Man United, arguably, uh, who are not making sure that the the lead they have over their rivals is reflected on the football pitch. I think the thing to say is none of the inbuilt advantages have gone away. The big six voices are still going to be powerful voices in the Premier League. The difference is they've played that that they've they've hit the nuclear button. They've gone, you know, DEFCON eleven or DEFCON one, whichever's the top DEFCON. They've done that. They, you know, and no one will buy the threat that we will we will walk away for a generation. You know that 
And that really limits your your hand when you're the big six. You just can't force things on um on on your fellow clubs anymore. Like they will still be the most influential voices in the room because they're still the ones that, you know, make the Premier League what it is as much, as much as we all love the fact that there's 20 teams here and that any team can beat any on any given weekend. People don't people don't get excited about the weekend that Fulham might be Everton. They get excited about the weekend Fulham might be Liverpool. Yeah. So I think it's important not to, but but they are going to have to be a bit more, or a bit less bam. What's the word? Bombastic. Bombastic. I don't know. I like that. They can't act with the same swagger anymore. They yeah. will still have a crucial voice. Yeah. Determining the future of the Premier League, but. Yeah. I see this as a poker game, James Bench. Like, you know, imagine like a celebrity poker game or like, you know, a high stakes poker game and uh, the billionaire, right? The billionaire um, thinks they have good cards and and they've kind of tried to, you know, fake their way out of winning the big hand. But then the the regular poker player that's also in that table that just happens to be there, you know, calls their bluff. And they say, listen, like, I I see your hand and 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 I'll see it. And and, and the richer uh, poker player is saying, all right, uh, you, 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 you got me, you got me. So I, I better watch out next time because you're seeing my strategy. And, and I think that's a major part of, of what's happening. Listen, the other thing I'm wondering, because there's actual things that have happened. Ed Woodward has left or he will leave uh, Ma- Manchester United. That's a major thing for the Glazers and what's happening for United. Uh, John W. Henry was asked what's of his future, uh, stepping in last night after the Red Sox game. He said, obviously, you know, he didn't say anything. That's fine. But there are implications directly to the people in charge. Ed Woodward aside, are we seeing anything else? Uh, Kroenke, Arsenal, Chelsea, Abramovich, except, I mean, Abramovich, no. But anything else? Uh, are we seeing anything from any other clubs? Uh, is there any shuffling of, of change of guard, change of... Uh, direction of management, et cetera. So the Chelsea Supporters Trust have come out and called for the resignation of Bruce Buck, the chairman, and Guy Lawrence, the chief executive. Obviously not Roman Abramovich. Um, I think most of the owners, well, it's it's a tough one to call. Abramovich and the Abu Dhabi Royal family, they're fine. You know, I, I don't think this will really affect them. I think, I don't, I don't believe it, but, the, you know, the, as, as I said on HQ last night, there's, there's PR value in being the first out. You know, it doesn't make up for everything they did wrong, but, you know, they will feel that, that there's a little mini win in there. Yeah, the first uh, mea culpa, like, does yeah. take something, yeah. There has already been pressure on Levy. Um, there have already been long-term questions about Spurs' future under Joe Lewis. I, you know, the, the, the way this has shaped out will inevitably play into that. I don't know enough to say whether that will lead to a change of hands. As for, you know, Stan Kroenke, this is a really difficult one to call. Uh, I've, I've spoken to Josh, uh, his son in the past, who really is the, the guy running this. And he's very insistent that Arsenal, are, that they're not a club that's on the market. And I believe that. It's hard to believe a lot of what Josh Kroenke and Stan Kroenke tell you. But I do believe that, um, you know, he... They are not looking to sell. We shall see, though, because ultimately what is about to come down on the Cronkies in particular is a cavalcade of pressure. Now, I can tell you on uh, Friday, there'll be a protest outside the Emirates Stadium before Arsenal's game against Everton. 
it's difficult to know, obviously, because there's no fans at the game, it's difficult to know how many will turn up. But, you know, the indications I've got is this is going to be a sizable vocal protest like we saw at Stamford Bridge uh, last night. And, you know, they are the, the Cronkies were never popular among Arsenal fans and rightly so. And they have trashed their club's reputation. And I think Arsenal fans in particular, their reputation means a lot to them. The way they act, you know, we, we all see the jokes about class and all, but it matters. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, that, Ian Wright, when Ian Wright retweets Cronky out, you know, yeah. that, 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 that's, a, that's a major thing. That bridge is burnt. I think what you have to say, I mean, I was speaking to people on the Arsenal Sports Trust, it's in my, my piece on cbssports.com. Uh, um, they are very keen to talk, first of all, before anyone rushes to any decisions. They are keen that fan, the owners start talking to fans. I mean, the thing you've got to remember is, you know, Cronky out is all well and good, but who's coming in? Is it uh, the rule? Uh, um, let's be honest, Arsenal would not be short on takers, but is it the ruling family of Saudi Arabia? Is it, uh, you know, a Russian oligarch? It, it's You can't just say, I want this owner out without knowing who's coming in. But, yeah. you know, you can want the owner out. And a world of pressure is coming Stan Cronky's way. And it's no surprise, you know, he's... I'm, I, I don't want to labour this point, but I think of everyone involved in this, there is something especially demeaning about Cronky, a man who took over Arsenal, uh, uh, built his stake over a long time, has been at the club a long time, and has steadily carried out a degradation of that club, uh, has turned this club from a, a serial winner or a serial challenger to a team that's, that's struggling to, to get back into the places that Arsenal would belong, you know, they're the third biggest, the third richest history of any English team. Yeah. The fans never liked him. The fans will never forgive this and never forget this. I don't know if he feels he can, he wants to own a club like that. I mean, let's, you know, you guys know in America, it seems like he can be quite comfortable with a lot of people disliking him for what he does with his sporting organization. So we yeah, shall see. Apparently he, apparently he eats alone. Like, that's all I know. Like, if he goes to dinner, yes. So I think he's quite fine as well. And, and by the way, you know, it was your former manager, Arsene Wenger, who predicted this almost a decade ago. And, you know, they had, uh, you know, there's just too many. The, the thing is also, James Bench, is that, you know, there is such a thing as you can have a short memory as a football fan if results are happening on the pitch and you're making it happen. So I'm thinking specifically Manchester United, right? Ed Woodward out. You know, that's one thing. They're second in the Premier League, okay? They're not that far off from Manchester City. They, they, they guarantee a Champions League spot, you know, thanks. And, and then maybe there's more messaging and communication. This is the direction that we want to go. We'll begin this summer, et cetera. Okay, maybe that will help. Manchester City, to your point, I think from an ownership perspective, I think Man City are probably the happiest out of all the, the fans just saying, listen, like we're going to win the Premier League. We're in the semifinals of the Champions League. Um, let, let's move on. Let's try and focus on what's on, on what's best, right? Chelsea are in the Champions League spot right now. Liverpool, you know, and Arsenal and Tottenham are the ones that I'm thinking, Arsenal specifically, being ninth. Tottenham at least has a League Cup final. You know, so I'm just thinking the short memory football fan and what happens at the end of the season, could that also dictate what happens as well? I mean, you know, if you're mentioning protests outside a stadium uh, right before a game this weekend, that will probably continue uh, as long as the season remains. Yeah, I'm fascinated as to what happens in that one game 
at the Emirates Stadium, where at the moment, as things stand, there will be, I think it's 10,000 fans. That, that's a moment to make a really powerful statement. Uh, you know, the invitation is there to work, mark your return. And I, I'm not telling Arsenal fans what to do, but to mark your return by leaving in protest. And I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all to, to see something like that. <laughs> You know, yeah, and I, I just I forgot to add, by the way, Arsenal, of course, and Manchester United in the Europa League as well, uh, semi-final. So that that's a, that's also like a thing. So it, it's important to remember, each club aside from Liverpool is still uh, involved in some kind of uh, competition. So the short memory thing to me is is indicative of what happens uh, for the remaining weeks. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how true that will be. Of certainly the three with American owners. And I don't, this is not, about, mm. you know, it, it gravitate, this dialogue has gravitated towards bashing American sport, bashing American owners. And it's not about that. You know, there are great owners of franchises in, in American sport. <laughs> I'm not really sure one would argue that it's the three. I mean, you know, John W. Henry has, well, it seems like he's done some quite bad stuff with the Red Sox of late. Uh, well, they've I'm been not- very upset at him for not really getting much back after uh, Mookie Betts went to the Dodgers. So in terms of like mismanagement as well. But a, a reminder though, and this is what I said yesterday, is like when it comes to American sports culture, and I, I've been in this country for a very long time in the U.S., right? Grew up in England and Peru. So, you know, to me, nobody can tell me anything. I know every culture when it comes to the sporting perspective. And the thing is, I love American sports, but me and you, huge Knicks fans. I love the NFL. I love all that stuff. But in many ways, it sort of um, encourages, at least at the end of the season, if your team is tanking, you're Mm. rooting for them to continue to tank because you'll get a high draft pick. You know, that kind of like mentality is totally different in Europe, obviously relegation promotion. So, the, the 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 thinking behind how these American owners are, are are figuring this business out sometimes I feel is lost in translation because they don't really understand the European football culture uh, definitely in this situation they don't at all I can only as again I'll go back to you know I I have met Josh Kroenke and while I don't think he's a a, a, a an individual who actively doesn't care about Arsenal I don't think he understands Arsenal. Mm. And I, from from what I see from further afield, I don't think the Glazers understand um, Manchester United. And really, really clear right now that John W. Henry does not understand Liverpool. It is, you know, this is this is Liverpool. This is the 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 socialist club, the club with a conscience. And I think people have often fired back over the last few years because this it isn't just this it was ticket prices it was trying to take government money in a bailout uh it was which lasted i think about 48 hours um during the, the lockdown it is that is not about the club not understanding who the club are that is not about club employees not understanding who the club are i knew i know a few people close to liverpool obviously not a club i've covered as in as great depth as the london teams they, they get what Liverpool means. Jurgen Klopp, clearly, and we saw this, even though he was he was absolutely not perfect when thrown into the Lions' den after the Leeds game, we saw a man that, that understands what Liverpool means, that's trying to negotiate the gap between the way his owners are acting and the way custodians of Liverpool should act and trying to do that without getting the sack. Mm. <laughs> I wish he probably never could have, but... Yeah. <laughs> he needs to have uh someone on the liverpool board someone senior or people senior people who are explaining to him 
what it is that Liverpool needs, the values he doesn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. So it's going to be these next few weeks and then uh, towards the end of the season will be very interesting, of course. Uh, James Bench, it's always a pleasure to have you. Before we go, make sure that you follow him on Twitter, James Bench. Again, his content, uh, keep up to date with everything on cbsports.com as well. And as the Champions League semifinals return next week, we'll be part of HQ's uh, coverage as well. Any final words, James Bench, before we say adieu? It's good to have the Champions League and the Europa League back, <laughs> isn't it? Amen. <laughs> Amen. James Bench, thank you so much, brother. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I want to thank James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. We are on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. Follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube.com forward slash Gegolasso, CBSSports.com, the CBS Sports app. We are everywhere, baby. Have a great, great rest of your week. <laughs>